Welcome to Sparking Wholeness, where we talk all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Erin Carey. I'm a survivor of bipolar disorder and a self-proclaimed nutrition nerd who loves asking why. As a certified integrative nutrition health coach, my goal is to help people find balance, and I want to help you find ways to spark wholeness in your life. For more information, check out sparkingwholeness.com or on the Instagram handle, Sparking Wholeness. And now, get ready for today's awesome show. Hey everyone, it's Erin, and today I am speaking with Sarah Clark. She is the author of Fabulously Fertile, Supercharge Your Fertility Naturally, Fabulously Fertile Cookbook, and Fertile Preparation Program. She is super proud of her signature fertility coaching program, which includes functional lab testing, supports couples to make diet and lifestyle changes that dramatically improve the chances of a healthy pregnancy and baby. On her Get Pregnant Naturally podcast, she shares that with a functional health coaching approach and natural fertility solutions, we can eventually reverse infertility. So I'm really, really excited to dig into this topic. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been reading a lot about how infertility is on the rise right now, and it's definitely a concern that many people are facing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's in the States. It's one in eight in Canada. It's one in six in the UK. I think it's one in five. So chances are you probably know someone that's, you know, either experienced loss, miscarriage, or, you know, trying for years to have their child. So it really is, um, yeah, it's, you know, our, our toxic environment and everything we're exposed to. I just interviewed someone on my podcast last week, um, her new book countdown talking about in the last 50 years, how, yeah, in the last 50 years, 40%. No, wait a minute. The, other way. the last 40 years, our sperm, the sperm counts have gone down 50%. So, which wow. is insane. <laughs> that is absolutely insane. Um, I And I think it's interesting. <laughs> if you're familiar with Erin Brockovich, I think I read yeah. something that she just put out that said that by 2045, our sperm counts might be down to zero or something. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, there's a lot going on that I'm excited to dig into with you that might be new information, might be a little controversial for some, but I am ready to dive in. And so I, I first love to start with your background and how you even got into this. Yeah. So I had my own journey with, um, infertility or on, you know, on the fertility journey. So I, um, in my early twenties, I remember having, um, I had regular cycles, so they came only a, a couple times a year. I started getting a weird fungal rash on my, um, on my chest, I had acne when in my teens, I didn't have any acne at all and some, some yeast infection. So the first line of defense was put on birth control. Again, it was a false regulation. Didn't, didn't, you know, I, my periods came, but it didn't address the acne and really the underlying reason as to, you know, what was going on with my health. And then, um, and then fast forward, I wanted to have my children. Um, so I got married at 25, I wanted to have my children at 28, this sort of life plan I had. <laughs> and then uh, before 28, went off the pill and my periods were still irregular. So I went to my OBGYN and was told I had premature ovarian failure or, or insufficiency as it's now known. Um, and said the only way I'd ever have children is by using donor eggs. I remember like her reaching up on the on her, her shelf, grabbing the IVF brochure and saying, off you go. And I didn't take any time to grieve. I didn't take any time to get a second opinion, which is like crazy when you think about, it. no, I didn't get a second opinion. Didn't think of those other health issues that were going on, went straight to the fertility clinic, um, got on a list for donor eggs 
and was lucky enough to have our daughter on the first fresh transfer. And so she's 19. Like this is back in the day when you said donor eggs and people are like, I don't even know what that even is. And now you've got obviously more people going through, through, through donor eggs and also little um, embryo adoption or donation. You've got all the IVF procedures that have been going on in the last 30 to 40 years and um, little embryos are waiting there for donation. I had someone on my podcast where the embryos were on ice for, um, for like 13 years and the, um, the, and she, she, uh, adopted the embryo and, uh, her, her, the, the biological child is 13 and her little, her little kids are like one and three and they have their, wow. they have the biological, um, uh, brothers and sisters. So it is kind of in, interesting and neat what, what science can do, um, for sure. And then, um, so we had two embryos left over after that and then wanted to have our kids close together. So, um, went back in and, um, I was like bound and determined to have them close together. So I was quite stressed and those didn't work, went on a separate list for another donor egg. And then we're lucky enough to have our son. So he's 16 and then fast forward, my health took a nosedive. I remember after I had my daughter, I had like nine colds. Every cold went to a science infection. I thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for every science infection, completely destroyed my gut health. I started getting chronic bladder infections, like peeing blood. Again, took antibiotics for every bladder infection. Um, at one point, you know, I, I was allergic to everything. So I didn't even know what to do for these bladder infections. I had toenail infections. I had dandruff, seasonal allergies. Um, I was still working in corporate, still doing my thing. I wouldn't even have said I was sick. I would just be like, oh, I just go to the doctor and get antibiotics and I continue on, like, just write me the prescription. Let's get going. Um, and then I, I was in uh, corporate at the time. I wanted to bring coaching into the corporate environment. So then I took a coaching course and that's when I had my own personal wake up call that I decided I really loved health and wellness. And then, um, and then I, um, I, at that point then I took a health coaching course and after health, after the health coaching course, that's when I discovered I had these food sensitivities. So I have, um, uh, I took out dairy, gluten, and corn, I, I later corn. And then lo and behold, the science of action started to go away. The yeast infections, the black infections. After a couple of years after that, I did some gut testing, found out I had some bacteria and some, some yeast infection or a fungal infection. So address those. And then underneath all of this, which I even wouldn't even have said I was stressed, was chronic stress for years. And I would be like, no, I just get it done. I'm not stressed. Knowing what I do now, there's chronic stress under that. Didn't discover any of this till I was 40. I was fully in menopause, really now devoting my time and working with clients that have a low AMH or a high FSH or diminished ovarian reserve, premature ovarian insufficiency, and really helping them get pregnant naturally, or if they do need to go to the clinic, getting pregnant with their own eggs. Wow. That, you know, it's interesting hearing you piece together your own story. It sounds very similar to mine as far as the overuse of antibiotics and then having a lot of fungal issues associated, even like you mentioned dandruff and many people would go, Oh, just dandruff. Well, that that's a gut health thing, <laughs> you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. So what, what made you search for more answers to your health? What was your aha moment where you were like, huh, I probably should start digging deeper. Did you have one or was it gradual? It, re it really was gradual. And I grew up in this super healthy house household. My parents have been vegans for like 35 years. Like they're in their seventies and eighties. They, my mom was the one with the string bag like years ago. And it was like embarrassing <laughs> that, you know, what is she doing? 
she was ahead of her time. Um, and so I grew up that way and then, you know, transitioned to the standard Western diet. And it, it really wasn't until, cause I was like, I am not eating all this healthy stuff. I'm eating soup out of a can and I'm going to eat ready-made meals and, you know, forget, forget about the sardines and the alfalfa sprouts that I was, you know, used to eating when I was a kid. Um, and then it, it wasn't until I, I did that, like I had my own personal wake up call during that, that coaching, that coaching, that life coaching. And then I took the health coaching course. I'm like, what? Like, diet, I can change all these things with diet. And then I found functional medicine, you know, the functional approach. And I'm like, people don't know about this. And that's why I started my podcast. Cause I'm like, it's just, it's sort of shocking that, you know, I think that the, the, the most, the, the brand of shampoo, that's the high, the highest seller is, is head and shoulders. Like what the heck? Like for years I had to like, it was always like, Oh my goodness. I was trying to like dust off my shoulders. Cause I had this, this dandruff and, you know, turns out, Apparently a lot of the population does too. And that is a sign of things going on in your skin, as you said, is a direct sign of your, your, your gut health. And once I discovered this, I, I had a little soapbox moment where I was trying to convert everyone around me and, you know, look at this and blah, blah, blah. And then um, I stopped all that. And now it's kind of, it's just leading by example. All people are like, Oh, what are you eating or what are you doing? And, you know, now I have my podcast, I guess that's the, the big <laughs> soapbox thing, but um, you know, I think it's, it is really more of an education piece to let people, because I, even now in 2021, I'm like, why don't people know this? Why do they think, you know, IVF is great and it's there for you. But um, to me, there's other things to do beforehand. Like your body, she's, you know, whispering to you. There's other things to do before we can use that conventional approach and the functional approach just gets to the root cause. Yes. And I'm so glad that you mentioned the background of your story and talking about functional medicine because that is so so important for what we're going to talk about the rest of the podcast but before we get any further i definitely want to pause for a second and give a thank you to our sponsor for today's episode today's episode is sponsored by sleep number i am loving my sleep number bed my sleep number is 45 and recently my sleep iq score has been going up even though my husband and i decided to move two hours away from our friends and our family and we are going through a lot of stress I know that we are getting quality sleep and it has to do a lot with our sleep number bed quality sleep is so important for mood support to have a positive mood to have better stress resilience and like I said right now we have a lot of stressors in our life but the fact that we can get really good quality sleep and we can even track that sleep we know our heart rate variability we know our resting heart rate and our breath rate and we can see how our body is recovering as we sleep that makes such a big difference i'm such a big fan of sleep number some other fun facts about the importance of quality sleep is that it actually can increase physical energy too so people who are getting enough quality sleep have more energy better muscle mass improve muscle memory and I know that that's true for myself because we've got a lot of projects going on around the house right now and it makes a big difference when I am well rested it also can help our creativity and memory during the second half of the night rapid eye movement is dominant which can help take care of the brain Brain, increase improved problem-solving creativity and memory skills so if you don't have a sleep number bed you are missing out and now is the time to check it out proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep special offers for a limited time only at sleep number stores or sleepnumber.com wholeness all right, Sarah, I want to get into this topic of infertility. I know that we might have listeners who are 
who are wanting to know, you know, what they can do to improve their fertility, or maybe someone close to them is struggling with infertility. But let's just start with the basics. What actually qualifies as a diagnosis of infertility? Basically, so if you've been trying for, if you're over 35 and trying for six months or under 35 and trying for a year, that's where they'll start doing testing and starting investigating you and uh, investigating as to what's going on, looking at structurally and doing hormone testing. And then, you know, potentially then you're giving that, that diagnosis. And a lot of times people like will myopically look at the diagnosis and think, and sometimes people are told like myself, sorry, it's donor eggs for you. When if I had looked at all the other health issues going on in my body, you know, you look at POF or which is premature ovarian failure or insufficiency on the, on the internet. And it's like, it is doom and gloom. You are, you got a 5% chance of conceiving. Like it's, and we've helped people conceive naturally with this diagnosis. So like, if you do the medical route, fine, but like, and I don't know, I just think it's, um, it can be all doom and gloom. And we focus on that diagnosis, a well-meaning reproductive endocrinologist may say to us, you will struggle. You know, you may only be able to use donor eggs. IVF is your only hope. Um, you've got to, you've got to do it now. You're running out of time. Like you have got to rush. Like people come to me in an absolute panic, you know, that they're rushing and they're running out of eggs and they're running out of time. And that well-meaning advice from a, you know, a, a, a very qualified, um, physician or, you know, reproductive endocrinologist, a specialist, but they don't know if they're not trained in functional medicine and the power of this, they don't know. So it's not their fault. To me, it's like you, you assemble a team and includes your RE, your OBGYN, your fertility coach, your nutrition practitioner, massage, you know, acupuncturist, not all at once. Cause it's overwhelming, but assemble that team, but you're in the middle, you know, your body best. And a lot of times we just go whoop right over to the person, in the white coat. And we, we think we kind of give over our you know, give over our power to them when we know our body best. So it's really to, um, to assemble that team, not myopically focus on the diagnosis. What are the other health issues going on? I haven't had, you know, people come to me and they're like, oh, I've got, you know, I'm dealing with an infertility diagnosis and they've never, they've done their health history. There's never been a time where, wow, everything on the health history is perfect. There's either skin issues, you know, mood issues, digestive issues, blood sugar, thyroid, like there's always something else going on. Yeah, looking at those other underlying root causes is so important because they do all play a role. And actually, this is a great time to pause and thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Talkspace. Using Talkspace feels a little like having a therapist in your pocket. And that's why being able to reach out to my therapist or psychiatrist anytime from anywhere makes taking care of my mental health super easy. I am so much more relaxed when I'm traveling or, you know, going through major life transitions like moving like I have been doing lately. It's just so comforting knowing that if I need to talk with my therapist, I can just send a message from wherever I am. Working through things in therapy can be tough, but connecting with my therapist is not. I wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace for therapy. You can sign up online and start therapy the same day you sign up. You can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist, so it's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions from the comfort of your home. Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy, and instead of waiting for an appointment, like I said, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist 
therapist 24-7. They will engage with you daily, five days a week. They have thousands of licensed therapists available with years of experience in over 40 specialties so you can find somebody to support you exactly where you are and to fit your needs and you can be heard, which is so important these days. And I cannot recommend therapy enough. If you've been listening to this show or reading my website, my blog, you know that this is an important part of my healing journey. So as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off of your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code SPARKINGWHOLENESS to get $100 off of your first month and show your support for the show. That's SPARKINGWHOLENESS and Talkspace.com. You know, just on the topic of treating root causes and mental health and and this conversation we've been having about infertility, one of the things that I often say about mental health is that with so many of these labels and, and a diagnosis that we've been given, there's often an ongoing imbalance somewhere else. And it sounds like you're saying that with infertility, it's kind of the same thing, right? Absolutely. And if you've, if you're dealing with infertility and you have like mood issues, ADD or, um, you know, brain fog or, uh, bipolar or depression, anxiety, all those are clues. Like it's for, for that person, it's impacted their fertility plus their neurotransmitters. And we look at, you know, there's a whole thing, you know, this, you talk about this, but as far as, you know, with, with mental health to me, it's like looking at brain health and, um, you know, I follow Dr. Uh, Daniel Amen and we, we, every other, you know, we're looking at the inside of the body and why are we looking at the brain and, and what's right. happening there. So, um, we see a lot of people and also there's situational anxiety with this because the diagnosis is, can be very, can be very traumatic and, um, and extremely hard and tearing relationships apart. Um, but the, but also what's going on with the gut health, like why, why is that there to begin with? So to dig, to dig deeper, these are all like clues. Yeah. Okay. I would love to touch on the gut health connection to hormones and fertility because I I just would want to know for my own knowledge that that's beyond my scope. So I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So basically like everyone that we work with, we, we, so we run a stool test. We're looking at uh, the GI map test Mm -hmm. and we're looking, it looks at the DNA of your stool and we haven't had one person come back and we are, you know, and it's not a sick population that comes to me. Typically, most people say they feel fine. They're just trying to have their, their baby and they're struggling. Um, so, but, but they're struggling. There's a reason. So that, you know, that could be a skewed thing that we're seeing everyone that's got something. Now the general population may not have, have, have all these, but we're looking at people with, you know, that potentially have infections such as parasites or bacterial infections, fungal overgrowth. Um, the, the tests we're looking at can also say if you have like a high sensitivity to gluten, which we see that, as a theme. So that non-celiac gluten sensitivity where, you know, you're doing, you can do a food sensitivity test and then it also will, will then, then um, in, in the stool test will then actually, you know, confirm that too, that um, you know, that you, that your, your body is sensitive to gluten and, and you may actually um, be negative on the celiac test because the celiac test is only looking for four proteins in gluten. And there's over, there's over 60. So you get a lot of false negatives. Um, but yeah, as far as the gut, the gut health, like if you're, if you've dealing with one of these infections that can be impacting your, if your body's under attack by, by one of these infections, that's impacting your ability to conceive. And a lot of people won't even look there and you, and a standard, a standard stool test may, may miss these things. So this is a, a, a functional one where it just digs deeper. And, and we see a lot of people where they've done 
um, food sensitivity testing and, and they may come back intolerant to, to all their favorite foods. I've had that where I've done a food sensitivity test and it was like, I literally came back to intolerance to, to everything. I was all my favorite stuff, avocados, all these things, because I had a leaky gut because of the chronic stress, that crazy amount of antibiotics I used the birth control pill that I used, all of these will impact the health of your gut. And then, you know, I'm eating, I did eventually switch to organic and, you know, as I made those gluten-free and, and dairy-free, I switched to organic foods and really healthy nutrient-dense foods, but then I wasn't absorbing all the nutrients because I was on the birth control pill for over 10 years. So all, all of these can then impact your health and you're not absorbing them. And then, you know, and everything's not firing the way, the way it should be. So that's impacting sex hormones. Yeah. Yeah. Nutrient absorption is key. And many of us, if we're stressed, <laughs> if we have a leaky gut, if we're on birth control, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because that for some people is like, wait, what? But it does. It, it's not good for gut health. It depletes your body of B vitamins. Um, I, maybe magnesium. I'm not quite sure on that one, but I know that it does deplete our body of many things that we need for neurotransmitters, for hormone health, for everything. And that's a that's kind of controversial to say, but, um, because people want their birth control, but it might be doing more harm than good long-term. Yeah. I say it's informed consent. And when, 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 when you read the, the literature and it says in there, you know, potential risk of stroke or death, what, what, why are we taking this? And why is this an option for women that think they they can get pregnant every day of the month? Right. It's like looking at that fertility awareness method and, um, we don't need to put this, this thing into this pill into our body and, um, not everyone, it doesn't agree with everyone and people can have it and they can get a lot of, um, side effects, depression, anxiety, and think that it's, that's what it is. And they're in there, maybe in the college years, they start taking the pill and all of a sudden now I've got depression and anxiety. Well, it, it could be the pill. And we don't sometimes don't connect that for years because we stay on it. And then a lot of people that I'm speaking with, I said, well, why did you go on the pill? Typically wasn't for prevention. They were giving it similar to me because irregular periods, heavy periods, PMS, all of that. Ooh, let's take the pill. But that's, it falsely regulates. It doesn't get to the root cause of, you know, why your cycle was off to begin with. Then the cycle is a, you know, the fifth vital sign to really figure out that's a huge clue for your, your body. And if there's things going on there. Um, yeah, I just think the pill is, it, it, I, yeah, I just, I, we, we just, I just don't think it's, you know, I think it's, it's, I think that informed consent is key. And I've had Dr. Jolene Brighton on our, on our podcast talking about beyond, beyond the pill, uh, her, her book. And really she goes into a lot of detail there about how it can, um, it can be harmful and what you can do to repair after. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you mentioned that. And even, and that's easy. That's an easy one to look up. There are plenty of studies out there that show, especially girls, adolescents who are put on the pill um, and the risk of de depression, anxiety within a year needing to be put on an SSRI or something else because the pill is messing with the mental health so much because it's affecting gut health because it's affecting anyway. Yes, there's plenty of research to back that up, but I think not everybody knows about the research because there is a bit of a lack of informed consent in some of these procedures that we just figure our standard. And so um, I'm glad that you're bringing light to these things. I'd love to talk a little bit about food for fertility and what you think is a, is a good approach for that. 
Yeah. So most people that come to us, they've been trying to get pregnant naturally for over two years, or they've had at least one failed IUI or IVF. So they are ready to get going. So we start people off with the elimination diet. And so that's the gold standard to figure out if you have a food sensitivity. And so really you're taking out, taking out the top allergens for 10 days, systematically reintroducing them over the course of 30 days. And really uh, when, when you take them out, the reintroduction phase is the most important. You really want to then slowly bring the foods back in and see exactly how they impact your body. Is it you know, do you bring back in corn? Do you, you, does it flare up your asthma? Do you bring back in dairy? Do you feel phlegmy? Do you bring back in gluten? Does it give you digestive issues? So to really see exactly, exactly how those foods are impacting you. And, um, and then after that, we will tweak it with food sensitivity testing. So we, right now we like the zoomer test available in the States, um, other tests throughout the world, we ship them all worldwide, but the zoomer test will go into, it's like a deep dive, a zoom into wheat zoomer into dairy and other foods. Um, and also there's, um, a delayed food reaction piece in there too, where they look at the, like the food you have on Friday, you don't realize how it's giving you a headache every Monday. So that's included in the zoomer, the zoomer panel from vibrant, uh, vibrant wellness. So, um, it is really to, pinpoint those foods that are, you could eat like, like myself, who was eating avocado, thought it was healthy, but for me, cause the leaky gut, the body was like, I don't think so. Um, so then you have to, at the same time, start repairing, repairing the, the gut as well. And, and so you take all those inflammatory foods out and you reduce all, reduce the inflammation in the body and get some, some quick wins and start really feeling better. As again, these people aren't feeling ill, but they may not know you're feeling poorly until you start feeling awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Now, what are some nutrients that, that you think are really important during the fertile years? Like what are some foods that should be included? Is there like a one right way to eat? I know you mentioned your parents are vegan. Would you recommend that? Or would you recommend something different? What are your thoughts? Yeah. Ours is basically, you want to make sure you have healthy fats and proteins. So um, it's, you know, the, the fats are the building blocks for the, for, for hormones. So looking at, um, looking at um, nuts and seeds and coconut oil, avocado oil, olive oil. If you don't, you don't want to cook with olive, olive oil though. Um, uh, so those really healthy fats, you can even do like with like tallow or, or lard um, and cooking with that, like cooking with bacon grease. It sounds like, it sounds gross when I was like, Oh, I got to cook with bacon, but it, it actually tastes good. And it's like, it's so healthy for you. So as long as it's, you know, organic pasture raised, you know, um, grass fed, um, um, pork. Um, and so looking at that, like healthy fats and then proteins, I think a lot of times we're not maybe eating enough protein. So ours is, you know, wild caught fish, grass fed meat, um, really high, high quality, um, meats and then, you know, veggies. But I think we see a lot of people with blood sugar issues and, um, you know, if they're potentially on a, some plant-based diets can be okay, but we've seen people that are on them and then the, the blood sugar issues off. So we need to look at blood chemistry and see, you know, are you eating enough protein for you? Obviously people in the plant-based vegan thing would be like, that's a whole, like, of course we're getting enough protein, but we look at the, we're looking at a blood chemistry review, not to diagnose, but to educate and kind of see, well, is there a deficiency and check if, if that is the right diet for you. So if you're married to a certain diet, I would just, just encourage to have an open mind to see is that the right diet for you? And especially if you're trying to conceive and maybe, maybe it's not. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, the, it is funny how we, there's almost like a religious fervor when it comes with picking a certain diet. Well, I am paleo. I am vegan. I am, you know, everybody has like their box that they put themselves into, but it's so individual. There might be somebody who sticks to maybe a kind of a plant-based vegan, but needs fish or needs because the omega-3 factor or, or whatever it is, or maybe needs some liver. I don't know. I <laughs> just throwing yeah. in, you know, there are things that I think we've taken out of our diet in the modern world that might not be the best for us. When we look at ancestrally, how people reproduce for thousands and thousands of years. Um, and like going back to the bacon grease, it sounds like, oh gosh, bacon, it's fatty, but that might be something that we're lacking <laughs> the last 50, 60 years. So that's, that's a good point. Um, I'd, I'd love to know a little bit, maybe this would be a good time to go into what are some of the environmental toxins, the things that are sneaking into our food, into our beauty products, that are harming our reproductive health. Yeah. Like, so there's a lot of stuff where we're like exposed to 85,000 chemicals. So you could kind of freak out about this, but basically we, the first thing we have our couples do is make sure they've at least for the, for the female, make sure you've at least switched over your feminine hygiene. So getting organic pads and tampons or a, or a menstrual cup, because you've, because those, those products can have, um, have can be sprayed with glyphosate. So you're putting that in your, you know, next to your vagina. So really making sure you, you switch that over right away. And there's period end days. They, they have, you know, subscription companies now that are deliver this stuff to you for, for, you know, um, organic, organic pads and tampons. So I would do that right away. And then the, um, the personal care, there's a list on the environmental uh, working group. So EWG.org, and they have a list of the, um, the, the dirty dozen endocrine disrupting chemicals. So you want to make sure you don't have those in your products. It's not about throwing everything away and panicking. It's as each product um, expires, then you would replace it with a non-toxic option. And you go to the skin deep database, look at your, your products, you want a rating below three and really, um, and really making that, that switch because you know, if it's uh, all, all of these things can have a, 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 you know, a negative impact, lots of studies, a negative impact on uh, female and male fertility. And so this is like, it's typically women that are listening to my podcast, women reaching out to me, but it is takes two to have a baby. And as we're talking about in the morning and the beginning with the, the sperm rates falling, even if the partner has a semen analysis and everything is fine, is that right? Are, are those, those may be fine for conventional standards, but for functional standards, which are optimal, you know, is it actually okay? And so what, you know, what's been missed there. So um, for the environment, the, the environmental thing, you always want to make sure you're doing, you're switching um, to organic. You want um, like, we're in the middle of that huge food experiment with our food being sprayed with glyphosate, which is linked to infertility, a whole host of other things. So organic, you want to you switch out your personal care, your cleaning products, switch to a non-toxic, um, your water, you want to make sure you're drinking enough water because it's a key for the, for the, for the sperm to get to the egg. Um, but you want to make sure it's filtered water, like tap water has over 300 chemicals in it. So you want to have a water filter. We like the Berkey or, or Aquasana can be good too. So, and make sure you're drinking out of glass or stainless steel, um, EMF. So electrical, um, electromagnetic field, um, that can have an impact on male and female fertility. Make sure you don't put your lap on your, your laptop on your lap. Um, never put your phone to your ear either. It's literally like the, that it's craziness. What's happening to your brain when, the, when you're putting the phone to the ear. I'm like, now it's always on speakerphone. I'm like, as I used to, I listened, I interviewed someone from uh, defender shield and he just 
was talking about that. I'm like, oh my goodness. And for years I sat with my modem under my desk. Like how ridiculous you want to make sure you move, you know, you, you put your phone on flight mode, you move the, the modem down to the basement and not have yourself exposed to, to, to Wi-Fi. This is, you know, there's, this is, can be impactful, can be uh, negative impacts for both male and female fertility, um, air quality, you know, if you can get an air filter, um, and then also what else is there light? So, uh, blue, blue and green light, um, we're exposed to that from all of our screens and the impacts are melatonin production and people got like an epidemic and people trying to trying to have issues with sleep. Also melatonin, low, low, low melatonin impacts both um, uh, egg health and sperm health. So getting a pair of blue light blocking glasses, we like um, uh, blue blocks because it impact, it, it, it'll um, block both blue and green light. Um, again, not, not panicking about all this stuff, like just, I, it, I changed the diet, but for some reason the personal care and the cleaning stuff which you would assume would be easier for me took years. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Like looking back, like it is easy. You can just start as each thing expires and you get a new one, but it is with the personal care. I'm like, Oh, but I love this skincare I had and I couldn't find anything else. Everything else made my skin peel off. It took me forever to find a brand. I, I finally liked, but um, it's, it's worth it. And it, you can, you can make all of this a game and make it fun. Cause mm -hmm there's, this is like a trillion dollar wellness industry out there. There's all kinds of stuff that is, it's available. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. And I, it's funny. I, I agree with that about the slow, because it does sound, you know, even as you're listening that out, somebody might be going, wait, what, huh? I have to do this, but it is a slow roll. And for me, you know, you're talking about different products. Shampoo has been the hardest one for me <laughs> switching over because some of the natural ones, they don't give your hair that real squeaky clean feel, you know? And so there's a little bit of a residue at my roots, which gives it volume, I guess, but it just doesn't feel like it's completely clean. And same thing with clothes. We want our clothes to smell a certain way that that detergent smell that we love. Although I've gotten used to telling my brain when I smell that I'm like, Ugh toxic, <laughs> neurotoxic, and it is endocrine disrupting as well. But, you know, I think about it from brain and respiratory and, and oh, yeah. all of that. The one thing I, what about um, cooking products and like pans and pots and pans? And do you have tips on that? Because that's been a hard one for me to, to find the right one because everybody has their right one. Do you have certain things that you look for? Yeah. So we like cast iron as a like stainless steel or cast iron. Okay. Um, the which we have lodge is the stainless steel pan mm -hmm. like they're you're literally like you gotta have a strong wrist to move it because it's like so heavy um but yeah they literally like cooking eggs on that i'm like whoo it just cooks people think there's like i think they cook way better than mm -hmm. than some of the non-stick and the non-stick is you know even though sometimes they'll say they're non-toxic non-stick there really is the verdict's still out on that the best ones are stainless steel and um cast iron um pans for sure. And, and just back to that, 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 that laundry piece or the air freshener piece, literally for years, I wanted to smell that. And now, because I don't, I've switched all my stuff over when I smell it, I'm like, Oh, I feel like yes. I'm knocked down. Yes. It's so strong. Totally. If I'm in my neighborhood taking a walk, I can and smell Cause it is so strong. I could smell it from somebody's house yeah. and I'm on the sidewalk. I'm like, okay, that's probably a problem. You know, I mean, I'll get out old clothes of my kids that I'll find stored away, you know, that they've outgrown or whatever, and I'll put them in a bin to donate and I can still smell that laundry yeah. scent. And I'm like, Hmm, nice. <laughs> well, just thinking through logically, like, is this really a good, a good thing to have that scent years later? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So I'm, I'm glad you're mentioning that because I think for some people, this could be new information. It could be mm-hmm. counter to what we believe and, and it's hard to, and, and maybe this leads into the stress conversation because when we're under stress, when we are um, experiencing mental health issues or concern for our health problems in general, it's, it's hard to accept new information. You know, it's hard to think of something in a new way. So how can we help our stress levels during this time and how does stress impact the whole infertility journey? Yeah, we take a mind, body, spirit approach to this. So it is like stress is really impactful and there's situational stress and chronic stress. And then the biochemical stress we're talking about with all the physical, if you've got gut, gut issues. So stress is key. Um, it is really, it, it is all putting it back to that hashtag self-care to really, how do you, you know, take some time to, to, to be quiet each day? How do you, um, with your relationship too, if you're feeling, if sometimes, you know, the fertility journey can either pull you apart or bring you closer together. So how do you focus on your relationship? Like do things that you love. A lot of times when we're in the middle of a struggle, we're going to put things on hold, like we'll put joy on hold. So go back to doing things that you really enjoy. Um, and then that, you know, helps to, helps with that. And also if it's, if you're in a really, sometimes people have been through like multiple failed cycles. If you're in a really dark, dark spot, um, you you, like reaching out with therapy. um, We have part of our program, like a distance Reiki and she's a clairvoyant. And so like spirit babies, so Mm -hmm. being able to, if there's people seeing hope that there's a little soul, you know, waiting for them. Um, There's lots of studies done with, um, with mind body fertility. So Alice Domar, who's a Harvard researcher, say this for over 20 years and people, she had my mind body fertility groups. So had together doing meditation, cognitive restructuring. So being able to reframe your, 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 ne- your negative thoughts, um, meditation, fertility, yoga, and really that, that whole group piece of like talking to someone else who can't walk in your shoes, but at least can give you some com- compassion. And you, then you shine that compassion back on them. Like 50% of those people within six months, um, got pregnant and then, um, and that those groups, and then within two years, 95% of them became a mom somehow. So the mind, the mind body piece of this is, is key. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes people get caught on the Instagram scroll or the, um, you know, you just kind of get caught on certain things and really there's a lot of triggers there's a lot of comparison as in everything there's a lot of comparison. This was, this though is almost thrown in your face where you see like a family and it's, it's a trigger. Like where's my child or it's secondary infertility. Your family doesn't feel complete. And so baby pictures, baby announcements. So it's really to be able to educate those around you. If, if it's not feeling comfortable for you to go, you just, you tell people and then you don't have to go. You can show, you know, can, you can show up late and leave early so it is, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves that we got to be all happy for, you may be happy for them, but sad for you and that's okay. And so not to beat yourself up about that and to really, um, yeah, reach out for support is key. Yeah, that's good. Do you have any just short practical tips for activating rest and digest in the body? Like what are your favorite tools for that? Other than, you know, you mentioned Reiki and, but anything that's just specific that off the top of your head right now? Yeah, like so. Basically, I just interviewed someone from my podcast. Um, she's uh, has a blend of a, a essential oils, parasympathetic. So that one will mm-hmm. get you right into the parasympathetic state, and you put it on the mastoid bone, which then activates the vag- vagus nerve. The oh, mastoid wow. bone, bone is right behind the earlobe. 
pop two little drops of the essential oil. So it's from, um, it's just right here, uh, vibrant, vibrant blue, blue oils. And um, that activates the parasympathetic state. So the rest, rest and digest and really gets you into that calm state. Um, that can be helpful. Um, like obviously med- meditation, but if you're not feeling meditation and you get, get yourself more wound up, there's like mindfulness. So you can do like a mindful shower where you just, you feel the soap in the shower. You, you can, you know, smell the the water, the soap, you can feel the, 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 um, the sh- so sort of really being in the shower every time, every time you come back to the shower, that's mindfulness. Same for like a walk. A lot of times we're walking and we're either we're on a pot, like we're listening to a podcast, which can be good. But um, <laughs> how do you go? For, how do you go for a walk? And actually, even if you have a dog, you can see your dog is, you know, smelling the, the grass and, you know, looking at the birds. And so doing that too, to really be present, that, those things are, are, are really powerful. Um, and like breathing, a lot of times mm-hmm. we're got our shoulders to our ears and we're just in like panic mode. So how do we put a little reminder on our phone, like once a hour to you know, take a breath in through our nose and hold it and put it out through our mouth. So um, yeah, to me, breathing, if essential oil, if that works for you, um, all things lead back to sleep. So sleep over everything. So if, you know, bed, bed before the best, the most restorative sleep is between 10 to 12 PM. So to get yourself into bed would be like a nice sleep, a nice sleep um, hygiene. If you can do essential oils, you can do a castor oil pack before you pop into bed, have a nice book. If you like it, put your blue light blocking glasses on if you're doing an e-reader and really, yeah, just create a whole sleep routine. And that is the most restorative thing you could ever do for your fertility. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk. You, you said something about castor oil pack. Let's yeah. um, go back to that and explain what that is and why that would be beneficial and how somebody can do that. Yeah. So castor oil pack, you do that the first half of your cycle. Um, and basically you're just, it's, it's helping with like liver deep. It helps with digestive issues, with food sensitivities, with getting you into the parasympathetic state. You just basically plop this thing on you. The one I recommend on my, my um, website is from Dr. Marisol. And so it's one where you just literally, she, she's developed one where you tie it around you and you can wear it all, all night. And so you're not filled with that greasiness all over the place. It, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make a mess. So, um, and then it helps with, actually, she's saying you can, you can use it doing love during lovemaking. It helps with the, um, the, um, Oh, what's that called? Not cortisol. The other one, um, oh, oxytocin. Oxytocin, I was to say Oxycontin, uh, with, 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 with oxytocin levels. So you can wear it during lovemaking and it helps to keep you, you know, really um, relaxed. So that is like a, a really good one to, to use. And you just pop it on before you go to bed, use it the first half of your cycle. I love that. Yeah, because I think it is something else to note that we haven't really gotten into, but that the liver is really an important organ when it comes to our hormones and hormone health and being able to use all these hormones, whether it's the synthetic ones that we're getting from our food or our toxins, or we need to be able to detox those and process the ones that are beneficial. Right. So, um, I'm glad you mentioned castor oil pack. That's, that's awesome. I'm going to look up that one. Um, you said Dr. Mary soul. Yeah. Dr. Marisol, uh, if you look up, um, her name is, uh, so it's queen, queen of the throne, queen of thrones, queen of the thrones. Hmm. Okay. So she's like a mat. She's a all expert in poop. So anybody that has awesome. like, 
digestive issues. Um, yeah, she, her site is really great. And then she's developed this casserole path because she had her own issues with IBS for years. And, um, and this has helped. And then it, it, to me, anyone on the fertility journey, really using this is really great. Yeah. And, and you mentioned, Oh, sorry. And you mentioned the first two weeks of the cycle. Um, and that is explain for listeners why that's beneficial. Just as maybe contraindicated during pregnancy. So you want to just make sure you use it the first half of the cycle. So yeah. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Cause that's, I want to make sure we get <laughs> the timing right on those things. Yeah. So yeah, this is so helpful. Now tell me, um, because I don't want to run out of time before I ask this, I think this is really important. What about marriage during an infert- infertility journey and how, um, how can partners stay on the same page and connect during what is very emotional and very difficult and very stressful? That's why in the beginning we were just coaching uh, females and now coaching couples. Obviously, if someone's going through this by themselves, doing a sperm donor, we, we, we can coach singles, basically coaching couples because you know, women will typically join Facebook groups, start an anonymous Instagram profile, maybe tell a few close friends, maybe not tell anyone. Uh, men may not tell anyone. And they may not even think they can be there for the, for their partner. They may feel they need to be strong, that they need to be, you know, if she's, if she's feeling emotional, they may feel that they, they can't really share their true feelings on this. Not always the case, but um, that's kind of what we found. And so um, it is important to have as coaching couples that each person has a voice. And just because, you know, he's dealing with it differently doesn't mean he's not equally in pain. And so, um, and depending on where they are, therapy may, um, maybe, maybe, may, you know, an option, um, but really having both of that's why making these dietary changes, making all these changes, doing it together, even if it is female factor infertility, everything's fine on his blood chemistry, which we, we typically find something that's going on. Um, there's always things to work on for his health, but you guys do it together and you set your own goals. And um, that brings you closer together because you're both working on your health, you know, preparing that really solid foundation for a baby. And we spend an average like 12 to 18 months planning our wedding. And then first month, we're like, let's have our baby. Well, like, why don't we switch that around, focus on our preconception health? You know, our programs are like six months, but basically, you know, if you can spend longer to really, you know, build this solid foundation, it's like epigenetics, like the health of you then impacts your children and your children's children. So, um, yeah, like there's, there's lots to, when the relationship piece to um, get back, like we get stuck in that baby making over love making. So going back to like intimacy, things that, you know, things you guys like to do date nights, um, like a, a lot, even just like back rub sitting together, you know, cause sometimes we can just be like, okay, it's, it's time. And it, it becomes very transactional. So um mm-hmm. Or perfunctory. So it's like to, to get back to, and that's what makes us relax. And that's what makes us feel good. And then, because if we're like, Oh my goodness, let's go, like, we're all, you know, um, that's in that, that fight or flight kind of stage. So remembering, you know, when you first started dating your partner, things like that, to really bring back the intimacy. And then that helps to loosen you out and, and bring the connection back. If you're feeling apart, and, and, you know, most of the couples will come to us, um, you know, happy and in love other, other ones are, are, they're just ready to kill each other. Like they've just gone into such separate corners and they're in such deep pain and, and it's torn the relationship apart. So it is important to be proactive about things. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And you have had success with your program and treating infertility naturally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell yeah, me a little bit of- about that. 
Yeah. So we, we take the it's like a six month couples coaching program includes the functional testing. So we're doing food sensitivity. We're doing hormone testing. So we're using the Dutch. So looking at uh, urine, we're doing the hair tissue mineral analysis to see if you've got those um, nutrient imbalances. And then we're doing the, the stool testing and the blood chemistry review. And so, yeah, I'm just thinking of one person, she had like a super low AMH, like 0.08 being told that, you know, donor eggs were her only option. She'd had like multiple failed IVFs and IUIs. And um, she made the changes, uh, the diet, uh, excuse me, made the, the, the diet changes. And um, the, um, we developed a protocol. She found that she had like multiple parasites and um, gut infections. And uh, she ended up getting pregnant within in four months. Wow. And so we found out that she had a high sensitivity to gluten. So that non-celiac gluten sensitivity, the, 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 the gut infections, she was, we typically will coach type A busy professionals. So she was like overworking. Also, she was over exercising, um, like mm-hmm. that real type A go, go, go. So mm-hmm. had her pull back on a lot of that stuff. And, but because she's so committed, she made all the changes and, you know, was able to then within four months to get pregnant naturally, you know, it's, each, each case differs, um, as to how, how long it can take, but really there's always like missed healing opportunities that the conventional side of things will be like, sorry, off to IVF for you. And that's a very, you know, it takes an average of $60,000 like an average. So it takes an average, each cycle is $20,000 an average th- three cycles for it to have a successful IVF. So, you know, it's, it's very expensive. And then putting your body through all that, you know, all the hormone shots and, um, potentially traumatic experience if it's not working. And so, um, mm. this is, this just brings everyone together and really makes people feel on a really solid, solid foundation. So if they do need to go to IVF, they're in a better place. I love that. And, and where can people contact you and learn about your programs and, and, um, start that process? Yeah. So they can find me on get pregnant naturally. So that's on, uh, iTunes or Spotify. And I also have a fertility diet challenge, uh, so they can go to fertilitydietchallenge.com and that's where you start off by eating the fertility uh, friendly foods and all chef prepared recipes. And so they can start by doing that and, and uh, learn, learn more about our programs there. Awesome. And your website is fabfertile.com. Yeah, fabfertile.com. Yeah. Cool. And one last question that I got to ask, it's my favorite thing to ask. If you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? I think it's, I really do believe this, listen to your intuition, like your intuition, you, every time I've gone against my gut, it does not work out well. So really listen to your intuition. If you find yourself asking 10 people, what should I do? What do you think? You don't need to do that. You can listen to yourself. You know, the answers and that just becomes really very powerful as you sit in that it's just like confidence and you, you know what you need to do. You know, what's best for you. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, <laughs> I mean, slowing down to listen, right? I mean, going Absolutely. back to what you said about those type A's that are going, 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 and we don't give our bodies a chance to, to repair. So I think that that your program is very supportive in that way and nourishing. And I am just so excited that you came on and talked about these things because it's very much an important topic to discuss. So thank you for being on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Sparking Wholeness. For more on all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul, check out my website, sparkingwholeness.com. Don't forget to be kind and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. 
And to be really kind, you can leave a nice review. I like those.